What's going on, guys? Welcome on back to Second and Short, the Cheap Seats Fantasy Podcast. I am your host, Tyler Lauder, joined with our fantasy dynasty expert, Jason. Jason, we're recording this after a very difficult time in your life, and we are all here for you. Yeah, I mean, uh, I did. Uh, we did lose a heartbreaker. I mean, we was never be in that game. But uh, you covered. We, we covered. That's the important. That's the important thing is. You know, in my eyes, as long as you cover, it's a moral victory. Yeah, you're just like, you're like sticking it in the man's face, that being Vegas and those who take all of our money. But with all that being said, we are going to shift on back to redraft. Last week, we did a, little, a lot of dynasty discussions, some really important questions that get asked every year. They're never going to change. And if you want to check out that episode, go ahead and Check that one out right after this. It's a whole different take that you can listen to any time of the year, and it's always going to be relevant. But in this episode, we're going to talk about the midseason. And we're going to be talking about midseason moves that you need to do to secure that playoff spot. I know a lot of people talk about uh, things like winning at your draft or getting off to a hot start or finding that really good playoff matchup. That's great and all. But if you don't get in the playoffs, who gives a shit? Like, I don't care if they have the best running back. Like, oh, everybody on social media, go get the Eagles, Miles Sanders, because they got the easiest rush. I don't care about that. If you can't get to the playoffs, it doesn't mean anything. So we're going to talk about seven guys that you wouldn't expect that you should be starting that can get you to the playoffs. Yeah, and these, these are the players that we see that will make that playoff push because – Yes, like you said, Ty, draft and everything is, but your midseason moves is what puts you over the top, because if you don't make the playoffs, you can't win your championship. Simple. That's very John Madden of you, and it's, it's, it's correct. It's factual. And let's go ahead and get started. We're going to talk about three running backs today, and then three receivers, and one tight end. We're not going to talk about quarterbacks, because here's the thing. In a redraft format, if I've got a top five quarterback, Go fuck yourself. I'm not going to trade him to you. There's nobody's going to take him from me. I don't care what you offer me. I'm not trading him. Um, and if you're a team that doesn't have a top five quarterback, you're streaming anyways. You're playing the matchup week to week. You just, here's our advice. Look ahead more than just one week. Get a quarterback on your bench. It's going to be good in week 10 and get him ready. Uh, with that being said, let's go ahead and kick it off with running backs. And we're going to talk about JD McKissick. And currently he's been having this uptake but here's the thing that we want people to realize, even though he's been playing well right now, Antonio Gibson's coming back. So the owner of JD McKissick might think, well, you know what? I need to strike while it's hot. And that's when you go in and get it. The last three weeks, he has 20 receptions. PPR formats, this guy is this guy's a top 30 running back right now. Yeah, and he, he's actually converting those receptions as well. Is because, um, you know, with... Gibson coming back, which he's not, you know, we don't know if he's going to be a hundred percent, you know, they may taper that, that workload a little bit to see where he gets and acclimating back in. So McKissick is going to be leaned on a little bit heavily. And with that being said in a PPR format, catching the ball out of the backfield, getting those nice dink and dunk yards will add up. He's good for at least double digits. Uh, and if you get a, if you get a nice little screen touchdown out of him, that's just a bonus. I see on the kick there. And it's going to happen because even with 
Gibson coming back. For some reason, Ron Rivera in Washington has talked about Gibson taking this next role. You know, they use the, he's going to take the CMC step because, you know, Ron came from Carolina and that's what everybody expects. But it's not developing, it's not working. Now, this could all be because Gibson just hampered by injuries. And like, he's going to be like side sidebar here. He's going to be like a dynasty buy in the offseason because everyone's going to be like, oh, he was a one year wonder. And no, he's just hurt. But yeah, McKissick's a guy that is going to, help win you some games straight through because here's the reality. Washington's not a really good team, which means Washington should be losing games, which means they're going to be in a lot of second and 10, maybe third and eight situations where the running back comes in clutch there and he's going to get up a lot of garbage time. And here's the thing. Garbage time points are fucking great. We love them because it, it still helps you out. That's the whole point of this. So let's go ahead and move on to our next guy. Now, let's go ahead and switch over to a receiver, and we're going to be talking about Cole Beasley. Now, Cole Beasley is, you know, he's a controversial guy, but you know why he's been doing so well? Because he deactivated Twitter, and he's just found this clarity in himself, and he's big boomer bust. Well, yeah, and, um, you know, he is my um, brother from another mother. Uh, we just, he just distanced himself from the family by changing the letter in his name. We understand. We don't hold that against him. And we, I will be talking about that when I see him this Sunday, where I'm down for the uh, Jags Bills game in Jacksonville. Uh, stay tuned to the Twitter for maybe me going through a table. Who knows? <laughs> but yeah, uh, Beasley is, Beasley is uh, your, your next coming of your West Welkers, your uh, Edelman's. And everything that guy that's going to get you those uh moves the chain yards gets you a lot of receptions he might not put up a lot of yards but this is ppr format we're talking about which means receptions equal points he's going to come out the gate because everybody's planning for dicks you know gabriel's going to be boomer bust beasley's going to float around that middle of the field you know you got uh knocks out of the game uh, with hand surgery right now, opens up some targets in that middle of the field, short intermediate routes that Beasley does have some speed, get separation and get those yards after catch. And it's going to benefit everyone. So definitely be looking to target him because people might sour on him because everybody thinks that Diggs is the only receiver that's going to catch the ball on that. And so definitely start looking to target him and granted we are talking about beasley after he just had like a 20 point week yeah. uh, outing but here's the thing uh in four of seven games he's hit nine plus targets in three games he's he's been a dud uh but he's shown that he can score 14 plus fantasy points without getting touchdowns that's the big thing here like he's gonna he's gonna get you seven eight receptions for 60 yards that's okay because when you look at especially in redraft I forget, I forget who it was. A couple years ago, somebody did this study. This might have been like 10 years ago, actually, now when I'm thinking about it. But it was like the amount of points you need to win an average fantasy matchup in like PPR formats is like, is like one, 109. It's like the average amount of points you need to win to win most weeks. And they broke it down by what each position needs. And if like your flex position is getting you 10, 11 points, that's success. Yeah. Cole Beasley can get 14 plus without touchdowns and that's a huge plus and here's the thing 
somebody might think, oh yeah, I got this guy. Now I can trade him for a running back. Do it. Swap him. If you're strong at running back, this is when you can make that move. Maybe you've got a guy that's, you know, been playing pretty well and you can flip him for uh, one of our running back targets and Cole Beasley and you can get a two for one and he thinks he's getting a stud in the deal. Cole Beasley is one of those guys that is going to consistently have games where he hits 10, 11 targets and he gets like eight, nine catches and he's going to be saving people or he's going to be hurting you if you don't go out and make this move to get it. Now, going back to running back, we're going to talk about rookie Michael Carter Jr. Very slow start to the season, sluggish. It seems like the Jets don't know how to really use him and anything and i don't know what it was and if you saw monday movers the youtube video back on monday or tiktok if you wanted a quick shorter version mike mike white was my biggest up of the week he got my golden up and the reason why is because he played so well but not just because he played so well the jets coached him so well they were like holy cow new england was playing these intermediate routes they were taking chunk yards and they were running the ball you know getting the clock off there, using that running back and short, short intermediate routes, success. They turn around and do it Cincinnati. And who benefits from this? Michael Carter. Last two weeks, 17 receptions. Uh, he has back-to-back 100-plus total yards from scrimmage. And it looks like going forward, he's going to be more involved in the game plan. Yeah, and this is, this is one that uh, people are really like coming out of college. Uh, when he went to the Jets, I was not sold on him. I was real iffy wishy-washy on him, but they're learning his skill set, learning his, where he thrives, and they're setting him up for success, and I love it because you're going to see Michael Carter um, as a as an asset to run in that flex position because he's going to get those PPR yards, and the Jets are going to try to start time management. They don't have to beat you with the track meet. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens had a solid game plan several years ago when they won a Super Bowl. Uh, solid defense and, you know, time management offense. You don't need those big plays. And that's what I think the Jets are going to, which would be a hell of a benefit for someone like Michael Carter because running the ball eats time off the clock. And he he is quick. He has a He has those elusive moves once he hits the hole once he gets that second tier of your defense he's shifty he can break one at any time once he hits that second level the thing is is when you're looking at these things and there's a guy i don't know his name he's on tiktok but he always he complains a lot uh when other people like present him things and i talk to you about this a lot on like (laughs) if we take away their big yards type thing but here's here's the difference here is that a guy that has the ability to break off a big play but is getting nine receptions like Michael Carter just did means he's getting 10 plus targets, which means he's getting volume. So if he breaks off an 80 yard touchdown, but you remove that one and he still has seven catches for 70 yards, that's, that's proven right there. But you know, when we have guys like we're talking about him earlier, Byron Pringle gets a catch for like John Ross, you know, had like a 50 yard catch. If you take that away, he didn't really, he couldn't do much in the game. So uh, but Dave, Michael Carter Jr. is the type of guy that you can rely on to get those chunk yards. He's going to get you those five, six, seven yards, but he has that type of you know agility to beat a defender and get off to the races and break a big play as well. 
and he could have he's he's gonna have a day where he scores 25 plus fantasy points maybe like 30 you know fantasy points because he's gonna break one big and it's gonna happen and i think even if zach wilson comes back well not even when he does unless for some reason mike white wins again and they just roll with mike white i don't i don't know if they do that but um look for michael carter to be a guy that's going to help you win a couple of games here late and get you into the playoffs and that's you know what we're here to do let's talk about your guy carter's tooney i'm gonna let you take the floor on this uh hurt his thumb today but made a triumphant return and he is good to go yes uh, i think this was i was totally against this when when the giants drafted him i thought it was a bloated wide receiver core uh they took him and I was I was really upset. I'm I'm starting to be sold on him. He is making his way in uh, with Shepard not being able to stay healthy. The fact that Galladay is never healthy. Um, he has volumes there. Well, and and, and they, also Evan Ingram, at the time of recording this, might get <laughs> traded out. We don't know. Yeah. Uh, if you see want to see where, please check out. The Twitter account. Uh, yeah. You can catch that at the bottom at the end of the episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, he's got the volume there and he's got that yards after catch ability. You know, he might catch a five yard pass and break it for 70 at any given time. Uh, or, and, you know, this is a bonus. He does return yards too. So, you know, he's got that elusiveness uh, on, on the open field on a return, you know, breaks one. That gets you points. But this is what I like about it the most is he is the sure hands. He's getting getting comfortable, and he is a real student of the game. He's picking from what everything I've seen. He's watching a lot of films just to improve his game. And you can see that uh, through his, his outings, how he's steadily you know, you see those peaks and risers uh, from him. So this is what I like about him because you get him, he's going to have a big day. That big day might be in your flex, might be in a receiver, and that might put you in security because a lot of tiebreakers are points. So that might get you the points to get into the playoffs to secure that one or two seed simply because he was in your lineup, had a big day, and you out, you currently have the the highest point total overall, they get you that first week by. No, and it could happen. And here's the thing. Sterling Shepard, at the time recording this, remember, because we recorded this mm-hmm. before it drops, obviously, um, heard a squad out. And, you know, we are predicting that Ingram's going to get traded as well. Uh, but also, like, in the game against Kansas City, Slayton was nowhere to be seen. He didn't exist almost. And Ingram, until... The fourth quarter didn't exist either and was you know, non-existent, which goes to show that even when Barkley returns, that Daniel Jones has favorites and he plays favorites and he'll continue to play favorites. And there was Sterling Shepard, but with Shepard out, I, I think Tony's the guy that is his favorite weapon. And that's he's going to continue to show out. I think he would have had a better game. Monday Night Football, had he not left for a while for his thumb, uh, but obviously the thumb injury is nothing, and it doesn't matter, it doesn't hurt. So look for him to be a guy that is going to put up more good weeks. He's going to have wide receiver two and three numbers in the upcoming weeks now that he's going to be the full go-to number one guy. Uh, 
And let's go ahead and jump back over to well, and actually we'll end with that. Let's go, let's go to tight end. We haven't talked about tight end yet. We're gonna talk about one guy because tight end is such a difficult position to manage because ultimately you either have a top guy and you ain't letting him go, or you don't have a top guy and you're just streaming. So let's find a way that you don't have to stream as much. And that's Pat Firemuth, the rookie tight end with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Back-to-back weeks, he's at seven targets. It looks like Big Ben is looking his way more and more. And I don't see why this would stop. I think it's going to continue on. And, uh, you know, Big Ben, Big Ben really has taken a liking to him, and he's always liked his tight end. Yeah, well, we all know that Big Ben does love tight ends, but that's a whole other uh, topic. Different tight ends now. Yeah, 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 different. Him and Urban Meyer. But anyway, um, (laughs) yeah, uh, and the biggest thing you can take out of this is from this Sunday's game. Pittsburgh doesn't have a kicker. He's out due to a questionable call, concussion. Don't have a kicker. Can't, Can't kick. They don't trust, you know, the punter to come in and kick field goals and everything. Firemouth catches a touchdown. Why? Because Ben trusted him enough to look his way. He never looked off of him that entire route. He, he knew where he was going. He, he trusted him enough to put the ball in his hands. You can't coach that. You can't coach confidence. Uh, and you steadily see Ben growing more confident with him. And I'm, I'm loving it because... You you don't see a lot of him, and Ben's arm isn't what it used to be. Oh. So these dink dunks, these dink and dunk routes, short intermediates, with Firemuth being a huge target on the field, is going to feast like like a fat kid at a buffet bar. No, it, it, that's I mean that's that's exactly right. And the the main factor here we're talking about is I'm gonna be very brutally honest right now is a uh, Chase Claypool, I, I don't know what the I don't know what's wrong with you. I don't understand. I don't understand. Um, the numbers he put up in his rookie year um, are is such a small group of players have ever done that, and it's like elite players. Um, and Deontay Johnson is he's always going to be to me no matter what happens. He could have a season where he doesn't drop a ball. He's always going to be Mister Stonehands to me. He's going to drop balls. It's what he does. He looks upfield too much, but Pat Fairmuth looks like a really reliable guy. And the best thing about him is that he's a rookie that can also block. So that means he's getting lots of snaps. He's on the field a lot. And if you're protecting Big Ben, he's going to trust you more. And if he trusts you, he's going to look your way like he does in the red zone. And he's going to stick onto you because Fairmuth's a big dude. He's a big man. He's a mountain. And there's not a lot of guys that can match up against him. So Look for him to continue to build on this, you know, five, six, seven targets a game. And, you know, he's going to be one of those guys that's going to get you four receptions for 50 yards. And it might only be nine points, but here's the thing. Unless you've got a top three tight end, nine points of the tight end position is still legit. Considering half these guys are projected like eight points a week. And yeah. he has high, he has touchdown upside as well. And I don't see the Steelers running away with any game where they abandoned the been in the past. Now, let's. We have two more guys we talk about, uh, and I kind of wanted to talk to you about a question. We're gonna take a little sidebar here because you brought this up and I forgot about it. But now I have a question again. <laughs> you were talking about Tony, and this is maybe a topic for another day. But 
you were talking about um, kick return yards and punt return yards. Now, I play in heavy dynasty leagues where we use, it's like, I, I call them kitchen sink leagues because it literally is everything and the kitchen sink type of league where salary cap, contracts, auction bidding, like it's free agency, franchise tags. Um, we even do RFA competitions and we even do um, compensation picks where we do off the com stuff and we do, you play punters and everything and we give kick return and punt return yards and touchdowns to individual players. And I started adapting that into my redraft leagues. So do you think this should become a custom, even if it's like marginal points? Uh, no, I'm not, I'm not big, but uh, you know, I could see where, where it is because really your kick returner is not going to be a big impact player. It's going to be, it's beast famine to the utmost extent. And, and you know, but, this this on the flip side because I play in a mixture of leagues. Some of the leagues I play in don't even start defenses or kickers. Yeah. So so there's that. So those returning yards, if he returns one in one of those leagues, he's not getting me any points. That I mean that those returning yards would typically go for a defense. Is there returning any yards whatsoever? So you know you kind of kind of got that. So. I'm not big on, on you know, uh, using return yards, but if it's if it's a highly competitive league and you've got people that actually know what the hell they're doing, I can see incorporating it to give an an added bonus and some um, parity throughout the league. Because if you know people that know the game, it makes it more interesting because you you see the equal opportunities there. But if you're in a league and, you know, half teams or jack wagons that don't know what the hell's going on, you know, it, I mean, it's, why, it's why not different. include it? I feel like it should be a custom because like they're getting yards, they're touching the ball, they're doing something like it's not a lot, but like, I think I give, I think I give point. I don't even know what I give. I think I give 0 0.05 points for every five yards. So it's like 0 0.01 points for every return yards. So it's like, it's like one, it's like one or it's like 0.5 points. I don't even know. It's something very small. We're like, if you get like a hundred return yards, you get like two points. So it's not much, but I do things like that. And like, every time you get a kick return, you get half a point. Every time you get a punt return, you get a half a point, but it's very like small, but it's shown in one of my leagues that like guys like Ty Johnson running back for the New York jets. He's like, he's like running back like 45 right now, mainly because of return. I don't know. It's, I think it's an interesting thing, but here's, I, I feel like if we're going to incorporate where uh, quarterbacks are losing points for interceptions and fumbles and we're giving points to receptions and we're giving points to carries, why aren't we giving points to return yards? They're still yards. Just because they're not all-stars doesn't mean they're not people too, but another topic for another day. Let's talk uh, yeah, about, let's, let's talk, put a pin in that because let's put a pin. I, I have, I have a, I have a, a rebuttal to ask. And we'll talk so about this we'll on, on our over. next episode. We'll dive deep into specialty rules and everything, but let's talk about a guy that kind of does do some returning uh, transition. And let's talk about Hunter Renfro. You know, he is uh, five or seven games. He's had seven plus targets. Um, every game has been over five targets, mind you. So when I say he's at plus seven, like he's had lots of games with like eight or nine targets. Uh, he is, He's like Derek Carr's safety net. He really is. And this is kind of, I, I don't want to say this is going to be a boring next couple of minutes, 
but rinse and repeat almost Cole Beasley like. And I hate saying that because that's just me. Um, yes and no, because Rinser, uh, he's more of a he is just more of a move to change. He's not a yards after catch guy. He is well, yeah. your he is your curl route, sit down, sit down, catch, go down. Not yeah, he can he can get some yards after catch, but it's typically not what he's known for. He he's that guy that, you know, he's basically a small tight end. Uh, he's going to get you the reception. He's going to move those chains. I call it Alex uh, Smith ball, where you just manage the game rather than, you know, uh, pedal to the metal, yeah. trying to, trying to uh, you know, win track meets. This is the type of player you want when you're managing the game, which Derek Carr loves. And Derek Carr is one of these quarterbacks that is a game management quarterback. And it's, he's growing throughout his career to be that he doesn't, he doesn't don't need to go out and throw for 400 yards a game. Can he? Yes. Yes. Does he need to? No, oh. because he's got Waller. He's got rugs. He's got what he's got weapons available. He's got the downfield weapons. He's got the yards after catch weapons, but he's also got that nice little piece right there that he can hit when he when it's second and seven or something, make that easy, manageable third third down play. Hunter is just sitting there saying, just just give me the ball. Let let me move these chains. And Hunter Renfro right now could be a guy on somebody's roster that is like their fourth or fifth best receiver just because they went receiver heavy or they followed our draft strategy, they went running back heavy and they got the value of, of receiver throughout. If you just lost Calvin Ridley, uh, you're in trouble. Maybe you had Sterling Shepard as like your flex option. You're now in trouble. Maybe, I don't know, I don't really know. Maybe there's more guys. Go on and get Hunter Renfro. He is, he's as close to 12 fantasy points. Like, I'm trying, to, I don't know the word. I'm trying to think of the word. 12 fantasy points, like consistency as like you can get. Like he is going to, he's going to continue to do this where he's going to get you 60 yards, six catches. And it, it's not going to be flashy, but it's it's going to look good on the statue at the end. And he's, guys that get you double-digit points consistently are who you want going forward because they're going to get you in the playoffs. Now, one more guy we got left. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Just to, you know, to sum it up, he's a blue-collar receiver. Yes. Who's one of, he's, he's one of those, uh, what, you know, you hear him called lunch pail guys, something that's going to go in and do the work and pr- produce. Mm-hmm. No, he is. That's that's the that's the truth. And he is, uh, he's not he's not Derek Carr's. He's not his favorite target. I, I I won't say that, but he is a guy that Derek Carr consistently looks to on third and long, second and short to just get those quick little yards. So let's talk about the last guy. We're gonna talk about a guy coming off of injury. He's not back just yet, but we're gonna talk about David Montgomery, running back for the Bears at the time of recording this. Maybe he gets traded. I don't know. I don't think you will, but I don't know. But uh, here's the thing. Let's say he's staying with Chicago and everybody's like, Clue Herbert's been, you know, doing well. And um, Williams did well when he was out and everything. I get that. All that's showing to me is that their offensive line is holding strong and is able to run against other teams. Um, and teams aren't really game planning. So, guys, this is David Montgomery's team. He was like running back, what, like four last year at the end of the year. And he was like running yeah. back, like 
he was like running back like nine or 10 before he went out. This is his team. He is a top 10 running back in fantasy football that for some reason gets shafted and shit on all the time and doesn't get looked at as a legit guy. But I promise you, this isn't this Miles Sanders hope dream that everybody else is pushing down your throat. This is the David Montgomery is actually good and actually gets touches and is going to come back, have a couple hundred yards games, get into the playoffs and help you out. You get you into the playoffs. The Bears aren't going to the playoffs, but get you yeah. into the playoffs. Yeah, and you're only going to see him get better the more Fields gets comfortable in that offense. Yep. Um, and which is in turn going to open up, you know, your Allen Robinsons and your Moonies and stuff. So that offense's playbook will open up. Uh, Montgomery is one of my uh, truthers, and I talk about him. I own him in several leagues. Uh, he's in that Zach Moss realm. Uh, and if anybody listens to the show often, I put him up there with Zach Moss. Him and Zach Moss are like, like my homies, and mm-hmm. you know I want to go out and have beers with. Um, but yes, Montgomery uh, is going to be someone you can rely on once he comes back from injury. And people are selling him low because of the injury and because they need what's somebody done now. Is absent. And what something's done in the absence. Mm-hmm. And I really, I really like the the buy low on him right now, especially in a redraft format. And the biggest thing that we have to remember here is that somebody right now has depth. Somebody has Herbert. Somebody has picked up Chuba Hubbard. And some of these guys are going to end up getting benched when these starters start coming back. Maybe somebody has Booker. When these starters start coming back, these guys are going to fall off. Go trade for legit starters while you can because they are proven commodities that are going to get you victories. And that's the biggest thing here. And, and when we talk about Justin Fields opening up this team, with Justin Fields' running ability and how like sporadic it is and it's not consistent and everything, they're going to have to put a spy on him a lot. They're going to have to put a linebacker to watch him. And if they do, that's going to open up the middle of the field where we're going to see somebody like Dave Montgomery catch a three-yard catch. He's going to look upfield and have nobody 10 yards away from him. I'm, I'm telling you right now, he is a guy that's getting slept on and he shouldn't be. And when he comes back and he's healthy, like all the, I, I'm telling you right now, every guy, this is like bull take. Well, I'm going to do this bull take, but every guy that is currently hurt right now that was like a top running back, when they come back, they're all going to improve and they're all going to be like top 25 running backs by the end of the season. I just believe McCaffrey, Montgomery, Barkley. All of them. They're all going to come back, and they're all just going to shoot straight up. And everybody's going to be selling them too low. But if you're listening to this, go buy them low while you can. As soon as it comes back, that that price goes up. The demand for running back goes up. So that's what we got to do. End. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, like I said, I mean, you know, just throw this out there. I mean, I sold my my Saquon share, but the return I got on him was good. Was ridiculous. Uh, Ruggs, Waddle, and Stefan Diggs mm-hmm. for Gainwell Barkley, simply because the guy isn't a Giants fan. I am. I know the timetable. I know when Barkley's expected back. He's not going to make a playoff run. I don't see, you know, he could squeak in there. But the return that I got versus me losing Barkley is going to 
is going to push me over the edge towards, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a first round buy and, you know, probably the team to beat for, for the league championship. But, you know, that's one of those things you do. You gamble. You, you want to see somebody that is in the need and buy low. He, he, he overpaid. I'm not going to lie about it. But somebody like Montgomery, somebody like Christian McCaffrey, they're going to be sold because people's going to need insert now players to make that playoff run. And you might have the commodity be like, yeah, let's, I'll help you out now, but you got to, this is where you play chess instead of checkers. You got to look two, three weeks and what that player is going to pay off once they return. Like you said, going to return to prominence. Yeah. And, and this isn't a conversation, this whole podcast, if you're a team that is, if you're eight, seven and one, six and two, this is not for you. I mean, if you can swing these guys and stash them on your bench, good. But we're not talking to you. We're talking to the guys that are, you know, we're sitting at zero to four to five wins, somewhere in that range where you've got to win the next four or five games just to be a contender, have a chance. Go out and get these guys. They're all going to have big impact for you. People are sleeping on some of them. Some people are thinking, you know what? Hey, hey, man, he just had his best game. Why don't I buy him from you now at a high price? And I'll give you this. I'll give you Chuba Hubbard for Cole Beasley and J.D. McKissick. I don't know. That wouldn't happen. That would never happen. But you know what I'm saying? I, I, I was like, does you find somebody to take that trade? I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm just spitting. I'm just spitting something out there. You just, you trade a better. I'll give you Chuba Hubbard. You give me David Montgomery and and and, and Pat Pat Framuth. Give me that. And, and, and who knows? They might swing it because, like you said, some people panic. They need guys now, not later. Go on, get these guys, and they're going to help you get to your playoffs. And with all that being said, thank you guys for listening. We are done here on the Cheap Sheets, episode 16. See all of our social medias down here below us. We got TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Follow us on all of them. We post daily content. We got two to three videos up on YouTube a week. We got seven to 12 videos on TikTok a week. We got Instagram posts, and we got multiple tweets throughout the week. Ask you guys how your day is going and everything, asking you how your fantasy team's going, and also answering your start sit questions both on TikTok and over on Twitter. We're constantly on there. Be sure to hit us up. Anything else first, Jason? No, I mean, and if you do got those trade questions, slide in our DMs. Don't let your league mates know. Slide in our DMs. We'll post it on one of our other uh, accounts. We'll get you some feedback and we'll be brutally honest with you uh if it's a shit trade i'm gonna call you out if if it's if it's reasonable you know i might suggest like some moving parts that you know you might want to be looking at to add you know to ensure that you get the deal done so don't be scared to hit us up and slide in those dms either fantasy football is so stressful and i'm not here to do this to post videos on how right and correct I am. I, I don't, I don't give a shit about that. If I am right, that's cool. But if I'm right and I help you, that's the coolest because if I'm struggling with a start sit or I'm struggling with a, a trade question and you give me a little bit of fantasy and dynasty clarity, tension just goes off and I feel better about my day and I can move forward with a smile on my face because there's not a single person out there that wins a fantasy matchup or wins a trade that has a bad day. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. And with all that with all that being said, thank you guys for listening. Be sure 
hit us up. We're going to be answering all your questions. And also, at time of recording this, so go back and watch it now when you see it. Go check out Jason's Thursday night football preview on TikTok. We got all the latest fantasy things there. Start sits on Wednesday and Thursday as well. And continue to check out all of our other content, like we said. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you guys next week.